0: Now, what's really, really great is these attribution tools where you can really see the impact and influence of an affiliate partner. The great thing about having an agency is actually, you know, if you haven't got a big team, then they can help you with that. They can manage that for you. Setting that foundation be able to build upon is the key
1: and most important thing. Hello, you're listening to an episode of the Affiliate Marketing Diaries from Navigate Digital. I'm David Hall, the host of today's episode. In each episode, a different, interesting and capable person with a wealth of knowledge and performance marketing experience from running successful affiliate marketing programs shares some of their highs and lows, joys, and frustrations, hopes, and expectations for this global customer acquisition channel. Today, we track the click path taken by today's guest, Geordie White, lead affiliate manager at Smarty Mobile, a challenger brand under the three mobile umbrella. And as of minutes ago, hot off the press, a challenger brand under the Vodafone umbrella, making them a much, much bigger organization than they were about 15 minutes ago. I'm sure we'll get into that as we go, but let me just open the mic. Geordie, hello, and welcome to the Affiliate Marketing Diaries.
0: Hi David, yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's good to good to meet you again. It's been a little while.
1: <laughs> yeah, it has been a little while, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been hiding under a rock. Uh it was a big rock. Um okay, so during, during the conversation, we'll, we'll uh, talk about all sorts of bits and pieces related to affiliate marketing and uh, the program management. Uh, you come with a really interesting background. In fact, uh, you know, I can ask you to talk a little bit about it yourself, but let me preempt it. That is not many people have your breadth of experience so you have done agency side with optimus you've done a network side with awin you've been a publisher with giftcloud cloud you've done publisher technology with intently and now your merchant and advertiser side with uh <laughs> smarty three <coughs> vodafone that's a, that's like in, that's an incredible amount of experience
0: yeah i mean yes yeah, a, a sort of rounded view of the industry i think which is really beneficial i think when you're advertiser side because, um, you know, you've been on the other side of the fence most of the time. So you kind of know what expectations are and you know actually what these partners and agencies can actually offer. So it's definitely advantageous now on brown side. But yeah, I think uh, from from my point of view, it you know, I'm someone that always likes to try something new and get out my comfort zone. So that's probably why I've tried these different parts of the industry. And it was always in—it's always my
1: intention, I think, to end up brand side uh, when I felt ready. The first question that I actually like to ask everyone is: When did you first become aware that affiliate marketing was a thing?
0: Well, um, I still don't know if it is, to be honest with you, David. No, um, <laughs> so to be honest, um, I actually had—so when I was at university, I had friends, or uh, you know, kind of. Mentors, I guess, that uh, worked in the industry anyway. Um, so I had somewhat of an idea, but I still didn't truly understand it. Um, and then, yeah, it was a case of you know when I think when I went for my first entry role, really that was when it was a case of well I need to do my research here. I need to understand what affiliate marketing is because you know even now I don't think my mum knows or understands what I do. Uh, so I I try and break it down in in real layman's terms uh, and. And it describe it as partnership marketing really or just partnerships in general. Um But yeah, there's obviously a lot more to do that, but I think that's the most basic way to describe it. So yeah, I mean before I sort of did my research for my first interview, um I wasn't really sure what it was. Um I think I just saw, you know, my mentor going to lots of conferences in London, uh, which, you know, looked like a lot of fun and looked like something that I, you know, wanted to um wanted to go and do as well. So yeah, it was probably when I was researching um, in my interview for my first role, which I, when I really knew what it was. Um, and then even still, there was a big learning process after that, because as I said, there's a lot to uh, the role and lots of the industry. And, you know, even still now, learning new things.
1: What would be your... 101 for affiliate marketing and then your 202 which would be you know something that you know someone someone's starting to advance you could stretch their legs into and then something really complicated which you're really gonna you know okay if you wanted to really stretch it you could start doing these sorts of things
0: i think the first thing you do or you should do when you're working with a new client is is really just get your your sort of house in order you know get your processes in place uh, make sure that everything is tidy uh, works efficiently or as efficiently as it can do um, understand your different partners understand um, you know who your key partners are um, and I think setting certain processes and and um, you know really kind of setting that foundation to be able to build upon is the is the key and most important thing um, I think you know you'll sometimes find um, affiliate programs certainly when I was at agency where you know, it's you've got hundreds of different partners. Um, you don't really know what half of them do. Um, it's a bit of a free for all. Um, so it's about really kind of condensing that and and saying, right, okay, you know, what do we want to achieve here? Who do we want to work with? Who is actually adding value to the to the program? Uh, and then also, as I said, those processy things. So you know, all the the I guess the, the kind of more adminy stuff that needs to be done. Just make sure there's a process for that um, and. Set your foundation to be able to grow. I think that's the most important thing because if you know if you're trying to do something that's too advanced and you haven't got that framework and that um, that foundation, you know, even if it's things like tracking. Actually, is your tracking optimized? Um, you know, are we getting them with data? We can. Are we utilizing that data? Um, you know, what's our process for this scenario, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's the most key thing to actually solidifying that um, that foundation and. And given a good platform to grow on i think um so that's the key thing that's you know if if we you know certainly one as an agency if there was a new affiliate program you would you know run that audit and you say right okay where are our pain points here how can we improve let's just get everything let's get our ducks in a row here um, and ensure that you know we've given us we've given ourselves a good platform to build on um, i think once you've got that in place um i think then you can start to to grow and start to try new things and start to work with new partners um, and really start to look at things like benchmarking and different data points and start to look at new partners, etc. Look at the market um, and then understand actually where are your key opportunities. It might be a certain market that you've never gone into, it might be different uh, publishers that your competitors are working with that you're not, um, it might even just be um, different ways of working with your partners, uh, different payment models for example, things like assists um and not just the, the conversion tool. And as I said, build on that foundation and start to then optimize um, your your program, I think. That's the key part. Um, and once you start doing that, you can start to actually um, really develop things like your tracking and start to truly understand the value of your affiliates on an individual level. Um, I think you know, one thing I'm really keen to do is actually understand on a partner level uh, the value that they have because each affiliate and each publisher is different there will be some that are different parts of the funnel there will be some that give you high value customers there will some that give you lower value customers and when you can start to understand that on a granular level you can you can really really start to be smart with how you invest with these different partners Um, and actually that then has a financial impact Um, so you know you're you're spending smarter you're getting better value of customers Um, higher value customers you're um, understanding um, the different places in the funnel where your publishers sit Uh, and you can then really really have a rounded view of each value of each publisher on a granular level and I think that's probably where you want to get to but ultimately unless you've got that foundation uh, you can't ever get to that point it's easier said than done definitely (laughs) I listen a lot to a podcast uh, called the High Performance Podcast. Um, but they, they, they talk a lot about uh, something called world-class basics, which means you, know, you don't have to be an elite sports performer or an elite achiever to actually have world-class basics because anybody can do the basic things really, really well. And I think, again, going back to my point about building that foundation, if you're doing that off the bat, you know you're going to have a really great foundation to grow and you're not going to run into issues down the line when you do want to you know maybe do some more advanced things Uh, so I think as I said there's a lot that goes into you know the the running of a whole affiliate program but if you get those basics to the best in class then I think actually it gives you a great platform to build upon Um, and then as I said you can start trying these these other things Um, but yeah I think you know it's quite interesting just taking those little snippets and applying them to your sort of day-to-day.
1: What was the first project that you got involved in where you thought you you felt like you made a difference? There's a couple really I think we used to we were very early to the tech
0: partner scene I think we used to work I think um, you know back then it was um, companies such as Yieldify um, and I think it was the Interactive back then who I think you know I'm not sure if they've been around anymore but yeah they, we were very very quick I think to the um, to utilizing affiliates to actually integrate tech partners even back then and we used to really kind of you know a lot of our clients they weren't doing any of the retargeting or you know improving conversion on their site we worked with a lot of SME brands who just didn't have the resource uh, so I think it was one of those where it's you know we'd go to them and would say look you know We can increase your conversion through the affiliate channel on the cpi model you know very low risk all this kind of stuff um and yeah a lot of our clients are very successful in that and absolutely loved us for that because it's not something they considered they could do without actually having to do a lot of work on their side um so i think you know that's that's one example but another was actually slightly different uh there was a client where it was very much a lead gen client so um it was slightly different to the classic, um, you know, affiliate program where you're working with slightly different publishers. So again, that was um, it was quite new to me when we started working with them. But I actually went away and kind of, um, you know, found a lot of really really key partners for that particular client, and it was very successful. And I think you know they started to really value the channel then. Uh, whilst previously it was you know it's not always seen as a, a channel that can utilise lead gen. Um, it's you know it's very transactional. It's um, usually for e-commerce sites, but yeah, that that kind of lead gen side of it um, definitely made an impact. And yeah, they start to become a very valuable channel for them. whilst before, I don't think it was seen as that.
1: Should lead gen and affiliate marketing just you know embrace and be considered the same thing? Sure.
0: Well, I think I think ultimately it depends on the model. I think you know affiliate marketing is a performance channel, so it minimizes risk, which is why I think a lot of, you know, other channels or other parts of marketing do end up falling into affiliates. So I think, you know, we're seeing it now with influencer marketing, for example, you know, previously it was in the PR teams, um, sat very separately to, to affiliate marketing, but actually what we seeing now is much more of a crossover because the performance element of affiliates reduces that risk element for brands. And, It's the same with lead gen, I think, where, you know, if you're paying up front and you're not guaranteed, you know, X amount of leads, for example, that's much more of a risk. But if you move it into affiliates, the performance channel, actually you're saying, look, you pay for what you get, minimise the risk. Um, So I think that's where the crossover is. Um, So it really depends on the model, but I think that's probably why it crosses over so much.
1: So you're saying that the lead gen becomes valuable when you make it a i'm not paying you for the lead i'm paying you for the lead that converts
0: yeah yeah and and you know even if you do look to just pay on the leads um at the start you can actually just be more uh, flexible with the commercials as well i think and as i said it you know it, it just puts everything more on a performance basis rather than a case of look we're gonna you know for example if you work with you know, if you work with outside of a performance model, you can say, look, we're going to pay you a fixed fee. We're going to pay you up front for X amount of leads. Uh, We don't know what the quality of these are going to be yet. We can't manage that. Uh, We can't in real time look at these and, you know, at any point stop. Um, So I said, I think, you know, that's where it, that's where it crosses over. And I think it's not just lead gen. I think, you know, there's other parts of businesses and marketing now where companies are saying, well, actually look, if we, we kind of cross over affiliates it really minimizes the risk Um, because I think the model is just so appealing and that's always been the great thing about affiliates is that performance model and you know you look at traditional marketing it's you know you pay up front you don't know what you're going to get back actually this is in real time and you're paying for what you get so I think that's why it does tend to creep into affiliates as I said along with other marketing channels as well and you know particularly what we're seeing at the moment with influencer marketing as well.
1: So if someone didn't have uh, the luxury of the the number of teams within their business that that you do, how would you uh, encourage them to get started with lead gen and, and doing more controlled lead gen prospecting activities?
0: Sure so yeah I mean I think for, for SME brands particularly I think um, you know, the, the great thing about having an agency is actually, you know, if you haven't got the big teams, then they can help you with that. They can manage that for you. Again, I did it when I was at an agency myself and actually became a much, much bigger marketing strand for that particular brand at the time. And I think there's lots of different tools. I think, as I said, the affiliate model lends itself really well because it's performance-based. Um, you can then just manage the call, uh, you can, um, measure the quality of your leads um, as well in real time uh, rather than just saying right I want a you know let me just buy a bunch of leads here actually you'll get the leads in real time and you can start to manage those as you go and I think that's quite important because you know you don't want to be sat there with hundred thousand bad quality leads. Actually if you get them in real time you can look at the first five thousand and say do you know what you know 80% of these are rubbish let's stop this kind of thing. So you know it's that it's that flexibility i think um is really key um i think there are definitely partners and publishers in the space that can really help with that kind of thing um i know there are various tech partners that can utilize their solution to help you prospecting so you know customers that are already interested in your brands uh, but you know may may not want to shop at that particular time you can you know say to that customer look, give us your email address and then you know, we'll contact you or, you know, we'll add you to our mailing list or this kind of thing. And then they might engage with the brand a little bit down the line. So there's definitely opportunities. But as I said, you know, if you're a smaller brand with not a lot of resource, actually your agency is probably a good way to start, you know, like it was when I was agency and I helped that particular brand.
1: Are there particular um, tech or suppliers that you've used in the past that you'd, you'd go back to or that you'd recommend others look at? Well, I mean, I mean, there's several, I think, in the space
0: that um, are really good. I mean, you know you've got like sort of um, upsell it uh, revlifter you've got intently um, you know you've got people at sales cycle you know they can all offer prospecting within that solution so again you know that's customers that are interacting with your brands and then they're not going to purchase necessarily at that time but you can offer them an opportunity to be added to your mailing list and then you can retarget that customer later down the line so you start to build your database for your new maybe your newsletter or your email marketing campaign or CRM for example. Um, I think that's a really good way of, of driving those leads and also there are other companies such as you know ESB Connect for example where actually you can start to tap into um, their databases as well. Um, so they've already got the leads, the customers already opted in um, and you can start to target them based on their preferences, how they sit with your brand etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and yeah as I said you know there's lots, lots more out there for sure. Um, but I think it's down to the agency to actually you know, really do some research into it, make sure that we're, or you're aligning with that brand. Um, because the last thing you want is a bunch of useless leads that don't align with your brand and the customers don't want to shop
1: with your brand. I absolutely agree. The headline in there, when you start doing it, pay, pay attention to, to its impact. Let's talk about how influencers can be categorized. How do you perceive? the influencer base should and can be categorized? Sure, yeah, well, I mean, I think it it really depends
0: on on the brand. I think we're seeing lots of different platforms now. So, you know, it's not just your Instagram user. I think you've got people that are huge on TikTok as well. Um, I downloaded TikTok um, purely for that reason i've posted nothing on it and i don't really know how to use it but um but yeah and uh you know as well as the likes of you know your twitters and your, your facebook you're kind of two traditional um social platforms so i think you know you have to look across the board and say right okay what does my audience what is my audience going to use as a platform really you know if it's um you know a telco brand a retail brand you know there might be different age groups on those different platforms you know you've probably got an older based on facebook for example but then a, you know much younger base on tiktok so you know it depends on the influencer and you know what platform they use i think where it would define actually are they are they are their audience right for our brand for a start so you know um if they might have a huge following on tiktok they might not have a huge following on say facebook i don't know or um something else so i think that's the key thing to You know, define first is actually you know, are their audience right for us? Um, And if they are, you know, you you'll have lots of different insights into what your target demographic are, um, and you can align that with the different influencers. So, you know, naturally it's going to be the following and the engagement. I think are probably KPIs that you look at. Um, But then, you know, you'd probably class the ones with the biggest. There's the macro influencers, but then, you know, you do have value in those smaller um, micro influencers as well. I think. Um, but as I said, I think you know it's it, how you define them really depends on their audience, what platforms they use, and also you as a brand, I think, because it's got to align. Um, ultimately, there's no point having an influencer that is totally different to what you're trying to target. Um, you know, They might have a lot of followers, but if they're not targeting the right people, then actually, are they really a
1: big influencer for you? Probably not. You guys are with, let me not get this wrong, you're with Awen, right?
0: That's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shout
1: out to Awin. What's what is it that they are enabling? How are they, and how are they enabling you to, to view and see that information?
0: Yeah. Well, I, th- I think as I said, you know, across the board, there's there's a real commitment to the attribution side of things now, and there's there's different technologies available with different networks. Um, however, the Awin Tech is a company they acquired called Single View. So, this is something that I think, as I said, is is super important. now more than ever when looking at the channel um, because you can really get a end-to-end view of that customer journey you can see where they started which you know which different channels they interacted with including affiliates um, and which channel they converted with ultimately so you know the data doesn't lie evidence doesn't lie so those internal conversations become a lot easier when you can say well look you know we're not double paying out here actually there are there is value in this particular partner there will be some definitely when you say do you know what there's low value in this partner and we're paying them too much but that's when you can start to be smart with your your spending your budget um so yeah i think as i said you know across the board it does seem to be like there's a big drive and push for attribution technology and for it to just be a transparent channel because i think in the early days maybe it wasn't so um but now it's a case of well you know let's be totally transparent let's you know even link into your Internal analytics, whether it's your Tableau, whether it's your um, Google Analytics, etc., and and match everything up, um, and then you can really just see the value of the affiliate channel, and you know, compared to other channels as well, because I think there's always been crossover, and there always will be crossover. That's just the way consumers work. But previously, we probably haven't been able to see how they're interacting with the different channels. Whilst I think the new tech actually really gives you that
1: that view. <music> How has the way performance marketing budgets are managed changed?
0: Really depends on the business and probably the vertical as well. I think, I mean, I remember sort of years ago, it was case you know, you'd have clients and I think it would be a case of we have finite budget. If we hit that budget, we have to shut everything down for affiliates, which never made sense to me because actually you're getting a return on investment for each customer. And essentially you're shooting yourself in the foot there because you're saying, Right, we've just delivered lots of different customers, but now we don't want any more because our budget's run out. However, if you you know, if that return on investment per customer is the same, then that shouldn't be the case. And it was probably treated more like traditional marketing spend where, you know, it's what you know, you put an advert in the in the paper, you know, you pay a fixed fee for that. Um and it was much more of a fixed budget. I do think, um, just you know, from being in the industry for many, many years, I do think It is changing to be more flexible and it's a case of, as I said before, you know, if we are getting a return on investment on each one of these customers, then we're making that sale profitable and we're bringing in profitable customers.
1: There's still an education process.
0: Yeah, well, I think, I think, you know, people, you say to people, well, have you ever used a comparison site? And they say, yeah, all the time. It's like, well that's that's an affiliate partner, you know. Um, and I don't think I think people you you know use the channel without even knowing it. Um, and and again that's where the education piece comes in. Um, because they say, well actually I've used that. You know, that's that's actually um, influenced me in, in what I've done um, and, and my purchases. So then they start to feel, oh yeah, well actually maybe maybe it is a really valuable channel.
1: What innovation has really caught you by surprise?
0: Innovation's caught me by surprise. Um, we talked earlier about you know lead gen and influencer marketing kind of crossing over with affiliates but what we're seeing now is b2b marketing really come into the space and we're seeing lots of different companies and, and partners offer solutions where you know previously it would be a whole different team it would sit in a different part of the business but again utilizing that affiliate model that performance model um really really um really really giving you options with your B2B proposition so you know the tech's really really impressive actually with a lot of these partners and I think it's not something that was previously considered within the channel but definitely over the last year or so I think it's really starting to become a big part of of brands and it's really growing a lot and it's a different way of offering your customers value and I think whilst you can give them value with price or you know discounts or whatever it may be actually if you're saying to the customer look become a become a customer of ours and then we're giving you discounts to these other brands or you know we're giving you a a value add or or something Um, and I think that's definitely recently been the um, been something that it's been really interesting to explore I think because as I said it was previously just a completely different part of a business you know your b2b team that's different and again it's something that's kind of falling over into affiliates now and if you can offer customers something different to your competitor then you know, that could be the difference between them shopping with you and them shopping with a rival brand, for example. So yeah, I think, I think at the moment, it's definitely the B2B solutions and the B2B partners that are really interesting and something that can really add value to
1: your brand. Yeah, I like that. That's something to get into today and something to look at. As someone who's been in the space long enough, there are things that you might be able to say, this could tilt the affiliate marketing world, but it's not happening yet. What might that be?
0: Ooh. Things like you know acquisitions, I think, um, have a huge huge impact on the industry. I think when you have you know again without being too specific, but you know we've seen recently the likes of Money Supermarket kind of acquire Quidco, for example, and then you start to cross over things like comparison and cashback, um, and actually that becomes a, a totally new strand of of publisher, for example. Um, and I think we're probably going to see more of that. I think, you know, as these new partners um, arise, you know, we we talked about attribution earlier, you saw Awin acquire single view. So that means actually as a network, they can offer attribution now. So I think it's more so the consolidation of actually different tools and different products that when combining them, which again may not have been done before, could then just totally create a new type of publisher and a new type of affiliate that could be super uh, valuable. so, you know, again, mergers are fresh in my mind at the minute, but I think, yeah, that that's probably something that I think could really, really change it. Uh, where you, you kind of maybe have. I think there was a potential merger between Cashback and Quidco previously that got actually got blocked. Um, but again, if something like that were to have happened, actually, that would create a sort of seismic wave, I think, in the affiliate industry, where you suddenly have this kind of giant partner. Um, with lots of different sub-brands but actually you can start to cross them all over and be quite creative in how you do that um so yeah i think that's maybe a realistic thing that could happen that could have a big change in the industry um i mean again i think we, we've talked a lot about transparency and attribution i think if we can get really granular with that and start to be really smart with how we're spending and you know how we're utilizing different payment models i think that coupled with uh, what I mentioned previously could you know have a huge, huge impact because then you know it's protection of your budget and it's actually spending smarter it's working out a true ROI it's working out a true CPA which you know for some brands it's a case of you know we, you just don't have that data but if that data is readily available within networks um, I think that's going to be really useful um, another thing actually recently um, I went to the Avon think tank conference and the they mentioned about um, bringing benchmarking into the platform so again i think if we can start to have these tools within affiliate network platforms where it's just at your fingertips actually that's going to be really really super useful for brands because at the moment it's a case of you know you may get that information quarterly you then have to react to it actually if you've got it there in real time you can be much more reactive you can move quicker you can grow your program quicker and also combat your rivals and your competitors a lot quicker so yeah um, a few things there
1: oh yeah they'll definitely shift the needle so it was, it's funny you just brought out think tank there's sort of a post on linkedin which is from you while you were there you know expect some follow-up that just leads me to a question how can people reach out to you where 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 do they find you what's the best way to get in contact and actually what do you want them to be asking of you when they do reach out uh people we quite often connect with me on LinkedIn,
0: so you know if you do want to reach out or work with smarty Mobile in any way, feel free to reach out on LinkedIn. I think that's the easiest way now for sort of professional uh, introductions and contract, uh, contact as well. And I think I think it's really important from a brand point of view to actually always be be open-minded with new stuff. And uh, you know I've mentioned before actually the great thing about the channel is that most of the things you can do are relatively risk-free, and you can switch them off at any time. And because it's a performance model generally it's a case of look you know let's try it if it doesn't work switch off you know there's you're not committed to anything and i think you know that that mindset to be open and and try new things i think is important because you'll end up finding a really really key partner or a really key solution um and if you're shutting the door on things like that all the time then you won't have ever found that solution so yeah i think you've got to be open-minded as a brand and always try things you know it may not work but actually if 1 in 10 works, then actually that's that's a win.
1: Yeah, nice. What's your go-to go-to tool to help you do your day
0: job? Sure, so, yeah, I mean, Tableau's kind of my go-to, and I think it's something that most companies probably do use anyway. Um, but yeah, that level of insight and data, I think, is super important to anything you do, because you've got to make decisions based on analysis, you've got to make informed decisions, you've got to see things coming up, you've got to see trends, you know, you've got to Always be looking ahead, um, and you know if if you know you're not on the forefront of that, and you're not regularly utilising that data, then you know something could happen in the market that you didn't foresee. It could be a case of actually, you know, we're not where we need to be as a business um, at this stage. Why not? Um, so yeah, I, I think you know, just off the top of my head, I think I'd say Tableau is something that I utilise um, every single day. Um, I did get asked this question actually the other day um, by my line manager and one thing I did mention actually was, I mean I think it's so so important to just keep organised especially when you've got a lot going on all the time Um, and I've used uh, Trello for many many years um, and I just find that super useful, Um, everyone's different, some people like to have a notepad um, but for me it's it's, um, something that definitely without I'd be so much less organised
1: the question from uh, Laura, which I absolutely should have uh, should ask you an appropriate point, and now seems as appropriate as any. Her question was, "How has working in affiliate marketing changed the way you consume media?" I,
0: I think you know naturally it's made me a much much more savvy sh- shopper, um, and I think you can always, you know, uh, online particularly. I think you know is the best place to get the best deal in my opinion um so previously i probably would shop more on the high street and i know um this is the way the world is going anyway um but ultimately you know you know you look at telco for example um i know for a fact that you shop around you will find a very very good deal and you know there's also other things like cashback as well um and it does definitely Add up over time, um, so that's the key thing it taught me. I think um, it's just turned me into an
1: extremely savvy shopper. I believe. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a good one. What question do you want me to put from you to our next guest? Sure. So, yeah, I was just having to think about this actually.
0: So yeah, my question is going to be: what's the what's the biggest mistake or error you've made in your career, um, and what
1: did you learn from that? <laughs> My thanks to Geordie for being our guest. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Personally, I've really enjoyed it. It's been really, really good talking to you. Uh, Nice to see you again. I hope you enjoyed it too.
0: Yeah, no, great, David. Thanks for having me. Um, Yeah, it's been great to catch up, as always.
1: Well, that was the Affiliate Marketing Diary for Geordie White, the lead affiliate manager for Smarty Mobile from 3Network and now Vodafone. We dived into the world of lead generation, partnerships, and the ever-changing landscape of affiliate marketing and Geordie highlighted the significance of transparency, attribution, and establishing a strong foundation for successful affiliate programs. I particularly liked the discussion on the emergence of B2B marketing and the role of influencers in the industry. Join us again next time to gain more valuable insights and strategies for optimizing your affiliate marketing efforts. I've been David Hall, your host today. And let me remind you that Navigate Digital is the affiliate marketing agency of choice for challenger brands. Please do get in touch for advice and support developing and delivering highly effective affiliate marketing strategies. Bye for now.